0: I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Be su- why do they do that? Some are horrible
1: people, horrible human beings. Who cares?
2: No, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no,
2: Virginia Citizens, American Patriots, and the only two-headed talk show in Virginia. We are the Lee Brothers. We've been on the air in the capital city now for a little over 18 years. It never ceases to amaze me. There's always something to talk about. Thanks for joining us. Coming up this afternoon, eSports here in Virginia. That's right, eSports. If you're familiar with what that is, I wasn't, but uh, I am now. Church sign in Virginia says, love it or leave it. Uh, Interesting times are happening with that sign. And uh, also Nancy Pelosi and AOC, they've made up. It's so sweet, so special. It's uh. Precious, actually. It only took them 20 minutes. Now, what would it be like for you and your loved one to be able to settle every argument in 20 minutes? Well, actually, when you think about it, that could be, that could seem like an eternity. (laughs) But uh, these two ladies have made up. We'll be covering a lot of things this afternoon. We'll be having a lot of fun. Actually, it's morning. I don't know what day it is. Um, <laughs> esports. Virginia schools should field esport teams. That's what. The, that's, that describes it fairly well. Um, Heroes of the Storm is a video game. And, uh, The Hathaway Brown School in Shaker Heights, Ohio, they have a team that plays Heroes of the Storm. Brown launched the country's first varsity eSports program at an all-girls school. The Virginia High School League now has authorized eSport teams on a one-year trial basis, eSports being essentially Fancy way of calling it. it's, it's a video game. You know, if you have a son or daughter or both that play video games, they play esports now. That's the new word for it. Um, and it's not all about playing video games, it's about learning teamwork and other skills, such as being able to strategize, much like, well, the football team. At least that's what the schools are saying. That's what they use to justify their ability of putting in eSport teams in the schools. Now, we covered this story, a portion of another aspect of this story last week. Um, And for some of you, as well as us, we thought it was ridiculous to put... uh, an e-sport team in a school, where they play video games. Because a lot of these kids, they they go home, get off the bus, go in the house, go into the darkness of their room or whatever you want to call it, and they play video games until their eyeballs bleed. You know, my uh, youngest. Says, hey, sit down, play a video game with me. So we sit down. I take a controller. He takes a controller, and thirty seconds in, I'm just done. He is absolutely incredible. And if the schools are going to have these eSport teams, I'd like to see uh, I like to see Nate get involved in one. You know, it's it's a nice way of getting them involved in a school activity that they wouldn't otherwise get involved in. Um, Instead of saying he's a video game player, he's an esports teammate. And it's become big business. Routers reports that esports will generate, I uh, get this, $1.1 billion this year between advertising, sponsorship, media rights, ticket sales just like any other sport. There's now a pro league that has teams all around the globe. It's called the Overwatch League. Overwatch League. Last year's finals between the Philadelphia Fusion and the London Spitfire drew 22,434 fans over two days at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, with a total viewership of ten point eight million people. Why would anyone pay to watch someone else play a video game? Probably for the same reason they they pay to watch a football game or a baseball game. It's unbelievable. You know, it, it, this when we first heard about it, we thought this is crazy. It's ridiculous. You know smack the kid, throw him out in the field, and give him a ball to kick around or something. You know, not video games. Not playing video games. But, the you know, it will teach them life skills. You know, it'll teach them teamwork, leadership, discipline. It'll happen to be some of the benefits of the eSport teams will be learning all of this. And getting to know his teammates and such. You know, it, it is it a sport? Well, not really. But just to call it E, sounded kind of silly. You know, it, it is kind of a sport in another way. They're not running up and down a field. School's Schools have a lot of competitive teams, and this is, you know, what's a theater troupe? Band competitions, choir competitions, student film festivals. So what's what's the difference with the video gamers? I really want Nate to get involved in this because uh, he's going to need to take care of me in, in my later years, and he could make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, they have... Uh, Scholarships. The Washington Post says Virginia is now the ninth state to formalize esports teams at a high school level. And some other sources say there are 17 states that have esports, or they call it club sports or whatever. They have video game sports teams. Washington Liberty High School in Arlington already has an esports program. One of the teams won a national competition and the players split a twelve thousand dollar scholarship. The National Association of Collegiate Esports, Collegiate Esports says there are more than fifteen million dollars in scholarships available. That's 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 incredible. Who would have ever thought that uh There would have been esports teams, video game teams, you know. When I was a teenager, I liked to play pinball. I can't imagine there would be an esports pinball team, but I would have been a contender. And there was a a game called Defender. Now I would have been the, the champion of Defender. And you know what Defender is? Take a wild guess. It's killing aliens. It kills aliens in their spacecraft. Not even kidding. Coming up, more on the eSports. Stay with us. We'll be back in three minutes. You're listening to AM 820 WNTW.
4: James Madison and George Washington would be so proud. The Lee Brothers on 820
2: WNTW. Well, you ask me where I come from. Here's what I tell everyone. James Madison and George Washington would have never I was born by God's dear grace. never dreamed of these sports teams. They would have never dreamed of video games. In the form they are today, they're, they're so sophisticated, so incredible. If it weren't for a crash one summer day in 1947 in Roswell... Killed most of the people in the crash, but one of them lived for a while. I guess he learned English because he spoke, I don't know, whatever aliens speak. He was a little gray guy with big black eyes. He taught him a lot. Hence the cell phone, things like that. But anyway. Uh, this is silly. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. And this, this, uh, When I was in school, we didn't even have card-playing teams. I don't know what they would have called that. Gambling sports, I guess. But uh, I would have loved to have learned to play Texas Hold'em as a freshman in high school. I can play now, but I just play for fun, for nickels and pennies and such, these eSport teams, you can get huge scholarships. There's collegiate eSports. There's international eSport teams. Now, just what blows me away is I try to keep up on things. I try to, you know, keep up with current events and different things. It's, it, it seems to me like they've been hiding this. They've been hiding these esport teams. You know, and if you had a you had a child that plays video games in high school or whatever, would you want them on an esport team? I I certainly would. You know, if they it teaches them a lot of things they would not otherwise be exposed to. you know playing playing with the other kids and you know, if you play on a football team you learn all kinds of things you le- you learn leadership you learn teamwork discipline and, and you would learn all of these things on an esports team you wouldn't have a coach standing over top of a bunch of people, a bunch of kids with controllers in their hands, I can't imagine. But uh, you'd still learn those incredibly important things that would stay with you throughout your life. Not to mention the fact if, if, you know, your kid has a desire to go into the military, esports... Would be would be perfect for he or she because you know the, the the folks that are flying those drones around for the most part are youngsters that were pretty good gamers you know the, and the, that's the the way of the future. From what I can see, it's, it's, it's the way the future's going to be. I'd, I'd love to have a job, <laughs> sit behind a computer console with the highest tech equipment on the planet Earth, flying a drone. That would be like playing Defender, in a sense, especially if aliens came down. Now, do you, Mark, do you play video games?
1: No, not really.
2: Do you have any interest to play them? I'm about putting together eSports now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play. What kind of games did you play?
1: Oh, I had a Nintendo 64 and I played Super Mario and Diddy Kong Racing and ones like that.
2: Yeah. I uh, I would play them in an arcade, especially <laughs> Defender. But I would play the pinball machines and all those machines. And to think that they might have had a pinball machine team in high school is just mind-boggling. Which, you know, it's not really mind-boggling because they would have never done that in a million years. They wouldn't even have played the Defender game. But I think there's more to this than meets the eye. I just can't believe we're just now finding out. There's global, you know, international esports teams playing these games around the world. Um, championship games. I wonder what a trophy looks like. Big gold controller sitting on a stick. <laughs> maybe a big thumb. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> But I, it's just, I'm gonna get Bill in here in a minute. I bet you he doesn't know anything about this. I'm gonna drag him in and say, "Hey, I gotta ask you about this because it's uh, secretive, apparently." Yeah, we go to break. Let's let's go to break. You're listening to AM eight twenty WNTW and FM ninety two point seven. In a few minutes, we're gonna bring in Bill Eastman.
4: Richmond's Conservative Compass, the Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW.
2: It sounds like the noise an eSport game might, might make. We've been talking about eSports coming into the Virginia schools. eSports is a fancy name for video games. And uh, over this last week, I've learned quite a bit about it. And I'm joining us now as Bill Eastman, general manager here, our boss. And uh, I wanted to see if he had heard of esports, what he might know about it, because it's news to me, but I want to get my son involved.
3: Welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate being in here. I know that uh, I'm a pale comparison to Scott. But uh, I'll make this work. Yeah, eSports, you know, I knew a little bit about it. Uh, I have uh, two sons that are gamers. One is pretty heavy into it. And it seems interesting that uh, the way that we've changed everything, when you and I were young, we organized all our own sports. I mean, we had a baseball field, maybe. We marked it off. We went out right. there. There was no, no supervision. and But it was a physical activity. Now we've got people who sit in front of the monitor or their Game Boy, or whatever they're using um, uh, for a computer. And now all they do is play all day, and apparently this has been elevated almost to Olympic-level sports. Yeah, it's uh, gone global, international. There's
2: uh, over a million dollars in um, scholarships available for this. I mean, it's it's incredible, and they have sure i've kept it in the dark i think you know when i when i was young we played ball behind the church that owns aggie's attic um law park united methodist church and they let us play out there in the field until we the wall cracked inside the sanctuary from the baseball hitting it but uh we come back i'd like to talk to you a little bit about the esports and yeah a number of other things okay i appreciate being in the studio all right, thanks for joining us. You're listening to AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7. We'll be back in about four minutes.
4: Where a comedy act and a serious thought collide. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. Well, you might think I'm crazy to so hang around with you
2: Welcome back. You're listening to... AM eight twenty WNTW and FM ninety two point seven, the answer with the Lee brothers. Scott's off today. I am Richard Lee, and with us is is my boss Bill Eastman. And uh, we'll just call me Billy today. Billy.
3: Well, Billy. Billy yeah, I, yeah gotcha. I guess you could turn it into oh, okay. Billy.
2: Things flower my head pretty easily, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're I just pushed the wrong button on my seats. But we're talking about esports, which really isn't sports. You know, you cut the word "sports" off, and you just have the letter "e," so it doesn't make any
3: sense. I don't know why they don't call it video gamers or something. But well, I was listening to you on the uh, on the radio, and I was I was wondering. You said there's what? How much prized money? Well, the scholarship money. You
2: know, the industry. Now get this: the industry. Its first year, $1.1 $1. $1 billion. The, the, the entire industry? With a B. The esports the wow. e- industry, $1.1 billion. The Overwatch League, which is the pros, they had 22,000 fans over a two day period at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. But a total, total viewership of their, I don't know what you'd call it, their championship games or whatever. It's
3: 10.8 million people. Wow. Well, you know, that's kind of the advent of 3G and 4G is that now you can basically game. I uh, My brother-in-law used to do uh, gaming with cars and he would be racing against 8, 10 people, you know, the right. number of cars on the track. So I guess we've taken it a a, uh, to another level. But I find interesting is that my guess is is that if there's big money in it, then uh, the military may be involved. Yeah, absolutely. The mili- Well, the kids that are—the
2: pilots flying the drones, they're all kids. Okay. They're all gamers. Um, there's $15 million in scholarships available at the
3: collegiate level in eSports. So I I wonder if you take the money, you're in ROTC. Doesn't say that, but uh, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, because you— With AI, I'm I'm beginning to think that what we're going to see before long are either soldiers who are almost in ectoskeletons, who are semi-autonomous robots, or we're just going to have robots fighting it out. You know, it's going to be kind of like Terminator. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Okay, Hal. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I... uh... Hal, will will I dream...
2: Did I tell you fifteen million in scholarships? Fifteen yeah. million? Yeah. That is and there's between nine and seventeen. They haven't figured out exactly how many states have esport teams right now, but it's between nine and seventeen. Wow. That's amazing. It's going to be almost like legalizing marijuana. It's going to be nationwide for it's over. Well, oh,
3: I I'm sure some of those are burning fatties as they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that adds or subtracts for your hand-eye coordination.
2: <laughs> Burning fatties. That's a cool term. Yeah, that goes way back, doesn't it?
3: I got you to laugh. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So you had heard of this, esports? Just, just a little bit. Um, not a whole lot. Since my boys are now a little bit older, um, if the, if they were teens, I would know a lot about it, but. I was wondering where they were getting this cadre of drone pilots, because obviously the United States is not the only country that's doing this. I mean, it sounds like the Chinese and the Russians are fairly well advanced. In fact, I think the Russians may be a little bit ahead of us. Yeah, a friend of mine
2: uh, who's in the military told me that all of their drone pilots, pretty much almost all of them are kids that are that were big time gamers. And they joined the military and they found out they were gamers, they Put them through
3: the, I guess you'd call it the aptitude test to see if they can fly these drones, and off they went. Yeah, you know the the dangerous part of that is if we make war too clean and too surgical, it gets too easy. I kind of like the old days where war was horrible, so maybe we wouldn't do it. Yeah. So now it'll be like, ah, nobody's going to get killed. It's going to be drone versus drone. It's kind of like the old uh, comic strip, spy versus uh, spy. Yeah, you know, the last few weeks it's been almost drone versus drone. Yeah, because I'm sure that the ones that um, – that uh, the drone that we shot down from Iran was probably a takeoff of the drones that they shot down from us during the Iraq War. Yeah, pretty much.
2: It's, yeah. I'm sure they uh, – what do you call that? Backward
3: engineered? Uh, it, yeah, and it's not that difficult. I also think that if this is where we're taking – I'm I'm sure this is genderless, but probably more boys than girls are attracted to it. Let's put it that way. I mean, what's happening to us physically? I mean, they're not out. They're not in the sunshine. They're not, you know, getting physical exercise. Right. And now here we are, all we're doing is sitting on our butt all day. And now as you bring that up, it makes me think of, what about it? three, four months ago, remember that gamer kid was like 19 or 20 and had a heart attack? Because he played for oh, like yeah. five straight days, and all he did was drink um, energy Mountain drinks or, or something, energy drinks, some kind and, of
2: energy drink,
3: and his heart gave out because it just couldn't yeah. take the the load anymore. That's a That's insanity. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, we got a lot it, of you know, crazy where were his on.
2: parents? Where were where were the parents
3: while he's playing around the clock? Don't know. Maybe he was in a dorm, or you know, nowadays uh, the kids just take care of themselves. Yeah, Bill, Bill
2: does a show in the afternoons from 5 to 6. Uh, tell us
3: about your show. Yeah, we, um, you know, as uh, it, I've been here now just about three months at the station, and one of the things that we wanted to do was to get more local uh, with our programming. And so one of the things that we were talking about is not doing away with political speech or politics, but expanding more into business and life. And because you know, my feeling is by this time of the day, I don't know what else you got to say about politics. Right? I, it's kind of done unless there is, you know, a piece of news that comes in and you can report it. But it's talked out whether you listening to us or other talk stations. It's talked out. Well, sometimes it's just fun to pick on.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got Pelosi and uh, AOC.
3: Oh, there's. I've got to pick on her today. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, you know, they are fun to pick with a uh, pick on because they are, <laughs> you know, they're conscious targets. And, of course. If you're on their side, they look at the president, and President Trump is a obvious target to pick on, you know, the big, bad orange man. Yeah. And so I think both sides are providing us with ample humor.
2: Yeah, they give you an opportunity to uh, have some fun. Pelosi and AOC spent 20 minutes together today, and supposedly— And they came out alive? They came out supposedly all in love again.
3: Uh, you know. That's till AOC opens her mouth,
2: and well, a- you know AOC's not going to be able to keep her mouth shut. She's part of the squad. That's so. I wonder if they uh, made Nancy an
3: honorary member of the squad. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think she's way too old for that. And, Nancy's you know, got to be ready to retire. She should have retired a long time ago. Well, when you hear her, it's almost you know the comments they were making about Mueller the other day about. Um, Congress was guilty of elder abuse because he simply should not have been there. He was not capable of defending himself, and he knew they had to know that the Republicans were going to come on hard. And there's plenty of holes in the report and how it was handled that you really need to be on your game to answer them. I don't think Mueller wrote that report. I've, You know, I heard that before this, and I was like, well, you know, there's lots of conspiracy theories out there. But after – I didn't see it because I'm here working – but I saw some on YouTube. I saw a couple of um, uh, tapes of the recording. I mean, of the meetings. And yeah, I was just going, "My guy," I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, I was like, "You shouldn't he, be." He here. was like, he
2: had a mild traumatic traumatic brain injury or something. He, it was like he didn't know what he was doing or what he was supposed to do. He would turn to a page to answer, and it. And even now the Democrats are coming out and saying that Mueller testified that 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 uh, Trump colluded with the Russians and the Russians were behind all this voter fraud and all this crap.
3: And he didn't, Mueller didn't say any of that, not a word of it. No, 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 he didn't. And and, and besides, if you think about it, you know, it's documented that the Russians spent about $70,000 or the Russian troll farms, you know, and it, they probably are controlled by them by the government, but they spent $70,000 total in Facebook ads. Now, you ran a furniture company. How much money did you spend in marketing? Oh, half a million dollars a year. All right. So you've got your small company that spends half a million dollars a year in marketing. The Russians spend $70,000, and they turn the election. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, okay. What else do you want me to believe in? <laughs> I've got mountain. I got mountains for sale down in the Everglades. Yeah. And bridges in the desert. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that whole thing, and that's my point about Mueller, is that, listen to Nancy Pelosi, she's incapable of putting together a complete sentence anymore. I mean, I heard a speech that she gave, I guess she spoke a couple days ago at the NAACP's 110th anniversary, and it was incoherent. I mean, she didn't finish a sentence, and the next sentence didn't make any sense with the previous sentence, and she's embarrassing herself. She. But, you know, she understands power, and that's one of the things you've got to give her credit for. She understands how to wield power within the congressional system, and the Democrats, right. for the most part, are much more organized than the Republicans. The Republicans are, are really hurting cats in terms of trying to organize. You don't see that type of cohesion. They all want to go their own way, right? good or bad. Well, they came out of the meeting today. Um,
2: Nancy said everything is fine between— uh, me and AOC. And to be honest, we weren't that far apart, which if that's true, that should scare people to death because AOC is scary with it. with what she says and what she wants.
3: She's scary. And if Nancy
2: Pelosi's on the same page with her, that's,
3: that's scary. Well, and I think Trump was successful because even some Democrats or some aggressives admitted that by Trump going uh, after the squad. What he was attempting to do was there was a fissure going on in the Democrat Party, and he forced Democrats to come to their aid, and now they're together. So now they're the face of the party that he's going to run against. And so one of the things that, you know, without getting overly political, is that as long as Trump's opponents thinks he's stupid, he's going to win every time because he isn't. You may not like his politics. He's not not a stupid man by far. You don't take— a $100,000 grub state that your father gives you uh, in an apartment building and turning it into a billion-dollar operation by being stupid. As a business guy, you, were a bus- you ran businesses for a number of years. To get to a billion dollars is a stunt. Absolutely. I haven't got there yet. No. I haven't even got close. I haven't got to the the million that has three zero- uh, two zeros in it. And I'm not talking about how much money I've got, but how much money I've made either for my own companies or for other people's companies. right? So, you know, getting that far, you've got to be pretty sharp. And I just chuckle because I'm going, the Democrats think he's a, dumbass, a dummy. And, you know, he's going to keep winning as long as they think he's a dummy.
2: Right. You're absolutely right. More of the Lee Brothers with Bill Eastman. Dead ahead on AMA 20, WNTW, and FM 92.7. We'll be back in three minutes.
4: Lee and Lee. The trial lawyers of Political Talk Radio, the Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW.
0: Under the heading My Pledge, he had written these words America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure, I will fight cheerfully. And do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone.
2: My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye but he blew a flag out. Welcome back on to AMA 20, WETW and, and FM92.7 with the Lee Brothers. Brother, sister, Hi, I'm Richard Lee Scott today. And joining me is, is my boss, Bill Eastman. And uh,
3: or today I'm Bill Lee, Bill Lee. There you yeah, go. So I'll be I'll He's be a the, half brother of the Lee brothers. There you go. I understand you grew up in the space program. I did. My father worked for a Grumman Aerospace or aircraft and in aerospace who built the lunar module. So we uh, we awesome. moved from Long Island where the plant was, where I grew up. And we moved to Florida, which is the o- the other place I grew up. But he uh, we went to the Kennedy Space Center, and I lived in one well, the area we call the Space Coast. And uh, yeah, I had I had a first hand seat for the whole thing. It was pretty remarkable. Wow. Yeah, it was That's, uh... it was a defining moment in American history. And you know, even though I wasn't out there every day, my dad was bringing that home every day because the pressure was huge. And I had inside information that you know didn't get reported, uh, stuff that you wouldn't know. And, right. And so my father was at the Kennedy Space Center until he retired in '92. And so he had been out there for Apollo. We were there during Gemini, but we didn't work in Gemini. Apollo, and he was out there for Skylab and for the shuttle. Wow. That had to be awesome. Oh, it was. I mean, I wound up becoming an engineer. I mean, you know, your father has a lot of impact on you, and I I want to be an engineer. Right. Right. That's that's amazing. I would have loved to have
2: grown up around that, just being able to. See history, essentially every day, yeah. every day. Did you ever ever see any uh, UFOs? Well, I, know, I know Scott. I know Scott just loses his mind. And if he's listening, don't go into convulsions or anything, brother. But uh, I had to ask. I mean, you grow up in the space program; I,
3: you're bound to have seen some little what they call greys. Oh well, and I didn't I didn't see anybody, but uh, there were there was conversations about that the astronauts had seen things, and um, exactly that's a good one, Mark. that or some uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust would work as well. Um, but yeah, and so they, you know, it was all unofficial. It was hush hush. That was one of those over a couple of drinks when they were having a party. They would go, Hey, did you hear what Buzz Aldrin said? Yeah, you know. So, and so for example. You know, one of the challenges I have is that even though I, you know, I was trained as an engineer, I'm really more of a scientist simply because they think differently. And I didn't realize that later on until I was working as an oceanographer that I was really that was more appropriate than being an engineer. And so I always had this thing of I saw it as possible, but I didn't see as probable because we couldn't explain propulsion and other things like that. So it was like I didn't I didn't think to myself it wasn't it, it couldn't be true. I was just like going, I need more proof before I kind of take the jump over and go, it's really there. But, you know, when I look back on it and I started going, well, how many times did NASA have reports from the astronauts? And the reason I picked the astronauts is that uh, I had a chance to meet some of them when I was younger. And there are no, it's hard to find smarter, sharper people. And these guys were, as the term we used, that they used in those days, they were steely-eyed rocket men. And these guys had incredible courage. And so, you know, for example, there was at least two or three sightings in Mercury. And uh, there was an unmanned Mercury shot where they had a camera affixed to the Mm -hmm. window. And in 1960, and there's, it it could be a UFO. Now, you could say it was space junk, a space satellite. Understand, there was nothing in space. We had, the Russians probably, they had Sputnik up and probably two or three other craft. We had Tyros and a couple others, which were weather satellites. There was, but there was basically nothing up there. And there were two unidentified flying objects, UFOs, that nobody could explain during, during Mercury. And they all kept it hush-hush, and Nash, NASA come up with all these answers. And if that's all there was, you could say, well, maybe NASA explained it away. But the same thing happened in Gemini. I mean, there was like in Gemini 4, Gemini 6, Gemini 7. There were reports of UFOs, strange objects, things that the astronauts who are all, you know, test pilots, they're all engineers or scientists. Right. So we're not talking about Incredibly smart men. And nobody, people who are not lent to, you know, making stuff up or exaggerating. And they couldn't explain what they saw other than just to say a UFO really doesn't mean a flying saucer. It means I can't identify this flying object that I'm looking at. Uh, Apollo. Apollo 10. There's a great video if you go to YouTube of Apollo 10. I'll explain. Apollo 10 is that it was the mission before going to the moon, uh, landing on the moon, and this was the first mission to the moon. And they had to pull the lunar module out and test it. And what they were going to do is just fly it around a little bit and work on the docking maneuver, so they could the astronauts could move over to the lunar module, get down to the surface, come back up, and uh, get back in Apollo, and go home, and then leave the lunar module there. And th- there's a picture of some object coming right off the moon, right behind uh, where the command and uh, service module were in space. And it was a picture taken from the lunar module as they were approaching to do a rendezvous. Um, Buzz Aldrin, this is th- this is the craziest because Bo- Buzz Aldrin is one of those characters. He's like uh, –
2: He's still P- alive.
3: Isn't yeah. Pete Conrad yeah, who is so. deceased now. Uh, uh, Gordon Cooper they, they also had kind of the renegade crazy guys even though they were scientists they were out there and Buzz is kind of one of those guys he reported to NASA he saw something land during his Apollo 11 mission really? and instead of doing it over the over the um, uh, communications network which everybody was monitoring he went over to the lunar module and got on the medical system which is only monitored by Houston and uh, Space Center and he said, somebody, something landed and somebody's watching us. I've got, uh, are we on the clock right, Mark?
2: Okay, we're coming up on, uh, well, let's skip this break.
3: <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so, but here's Buzz Aldrin saying that something landed when they were on, this was the first American mission that uh, the first man mission from earth that we know of the land on the moon, because the Russians could have tried it. I don't think they did because they didn't have, they didn't have the technology to get that far. We were already way ahead of them at this point, but he had said something looked like it landed. It could have been a drone rather than a spacecraft. But he said, I think they're watching us. And again, you go to YouTube and there's an interview with Buzz yeah, saying I've seen this. that I've seen. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these guys are pretty credible. I would not try to go after their veracity or their ability to tell the truth. Was it Buzz that said on the on the dark side of the moon there are complete
2: structures
3: on the yeah, dark side I, of the I moon? Don't, I don't think it was Buzz. I think it was one of the others. I think it was Gene Cernan, Eugene Cernan, who said that he had seen structures. Now, they were flying high enough that you could say, well, that could have been this dark side of the moon. It could have been shadows. You'd get it. But he had said that we didn't, we weren't, we weren't alone up there, right? And so he, and again, you got a guy that is, you know, well qualified. I believe he was a Navy pilot uh, and a PhD in um, astrophysics. So I mean, we're not talking, you know, some crazy person, right? You know, we're talking somebody pretty bright. And then, of course, you've got um, Atlantis uh, reported. Uh, the uh, Atlantis uh, in two thousand seven, I believe, was the uh, one of the shuttle flights that reported seeing an object. And NASA passed it off of, well, it's just something to come off the spacecraft. But if it had come off the shuttle, <laughs> then I it, think they it would, would have not known. have landed. It would not no. have got back through the atmosphere. And so, <laughs> but I think the one that clinched it for me is that the Navy is now requiring pilots to report these events. Well, did you see
2: the, um, I think it was 2018, might have been 2017, but Navy pilots, two Navy pilots flying off the coast of Virginia. Recorded mm-hmm. on film, uh, multiple spacecraft or whatever it was, flying objects at incredible speeds. There's no way they could keep up with them. They were they were playing like cowboys, yeah, yeah. They were,
3: yeah, and, and chasing the thing and, down. And they're an F-16, is there? So the F-16 probably if they crank these it up were an actually uh, flying raptors, seventeen, eighteen hundred miles an hour. They're flying Raptors F-22. Yeah! There you go.
2: That yeah, sounded so, just like that navy pilot.
3: Yeah, and they had they had because um, now they're they they are taking a video of well, it's probably not video it's digital but they're taking visuals of what they're seeing through their heads up display mm-hmm. and there it is and it's moving around. Not only is it going faster than anything that we have, is the turns they were making are aerodynamically impossible. In other words, if you're operating a right. an object in our atmosphere. You're you're confined to the rules of physics. That's why I always had a challenge with this. And they're doing maneuvers that like you cannot at a do. right angle. Right. Which would have either pulled a plane apart, the G's would have pulled it apart, or it would have lost all lift and it would have gone into some sort of yeah. stall.
2: The estimated ten thousand mile an hour right angle turn. Yeah.
3: And it's, that's not gonna That's not gonna happen with anything that's that's of this world. That's right. And so the only thing that's kept me from really getting on the bandwagon is Explain the technology because not simply because we don't have it and we can't explain it doesn't mean it exists. But that's the one thing that holds me back. But I don't think these are uh, these are people lying or making things up. There's just too many of these reports. The first one goes back to 1960. If we if we just stick with Apollo and we're not talking about you know Area 51 or uh, that crash in um, in uh, Colorado. Roswell. Have you signed yeah. up
2: to go to Area 51 with the rest of the crowd?
3: No, but I've been to Area 51 when I was living in Vegas. Really? Yeah.
2: More of this Dead Ahead on AM820, WNGW and FM 92.7 with the Lee brothers and Bill Eastman. I
0: drive you anywhere, I don't know, I'm just going to make it up as I go along. So, why why they do that? Some are horrible people, horrible human beings. Who cares?
2: No 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 no. No no
3: no no no. <gasps> Get a hold of yourself.
2: Virginia Citizens, American Patriots, the only two-headed talk show in Virginia. We are the Lee Brothers. Joining me this afternoon is Bill Lee. He's an honorary Lee brother. Um, so we'll dub him Bill Lee. And uh, I'm Richard Lee. Scott's off today. We're having a little fun discussing things that freak Scott out,
3: like aliens.
2: <laughs> yeah, such. I know.
3: He tried to trap me into that uh, last time I walked in the studio. I goes, do you believe in aliens? It's like, well, what's the context to the question? Yeah, I think I gave him the right answer for him. He was like, yeah, "Okay, okay." Yeah, I, I don't, I don't uh,
2: know what the right answer is for my brother. But anyway, um, it's fun to talk about him. I think he just wants to know if the Republicans are Democrats. <laughs> that would be his. Uh, if they're Republicans, number I think. Yeah, I concern, think he, they're all right. Bring more the of the Democrats in. would. Think they're easily converted, and they would want all they could get into the country. If well, they're, they're going to they, come to Earth, they want them here in America. That's right, because they, they, they could vote. They'll call them new Americans. Teach them how to <laughs>
0: ask you, Secretary.
2: <laughs> they, that's probably an alien right there. I. That's, that's what I. That's thought. Hillary. That's she could have played the role of the Wicked Witch of the West, no question, because she has the laugh for it.
4: I'll get you, my
2: pretty, and your little dog, too. Yeah, that sounds like the way she used to speak to the Marine guards as she stepped off of the helicopter.
3: (laughs) Hey, 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 Mark, you've got to get some of this stuff for our show. I don't don't know, though. We've had these for, we've been
2: on the air 18 years now in Richmond. We've had, we've been building our clip library so long we've lost some. I guess they just fell off the other side.
3: It, we will we'll get we we'll get Hutchinson going with these man he'd be like rolling up for the whole show <laughs> playing the all again i guess you could
2: sit down with the uh sound box and just start playing the drums on the switches and some of those clips are
3: absolutely unbelievable things that come out of people's mouths oh i know i it, you just you feel for them i heard i heard it once said Um, that for some people the First Amendment is a curse. And there's enough politicians out there that when they open their mouth, you're going, my God, don't you have somebody that helps you think through what you're going to say before you say, like a communications director, you know, campaign manager or something like that? Because you're like, "Wow, man. If you remember when Obama
2: Obama first started, um, he was
3: terrible. He used call me Spock for a reason.
2: With yeah, without a uh, teleprompter, you catch him in an alleyway off, off cue. Oh my word, he was he was just absolutely terrible. You put him in front of him. <laughs> put him in front of him. that was Howard
3: Dean. That was the end of his political career. Right. Career. But you're he, right. Uh, 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 President Obama was not very good off the cuff. He was a great reader. Right. That's the difference with uh, President Trump is. Man, when he gets into those events, he's like a t- guitar player. It's a riff. I don't care yeah. what the script says. I don't care if he's got a teleprompter. He just gets out there and says, okay, watch me play, kind of like Clapton would or Hendrix, and he just starts riffing, and nobody knows what he's going to say. I'm not sure he knows what he's going to say. Just and I'm
2: sure play. his aides, probably by now, oh. they probably are like, oh, well. Their ears but, have
3: stopped bleeding a couple yeah. years ago. Going, oh, In man. the beginning,
2: I'm sure they were like, oh, oh,
3: my word. This is horrid. This is not going to be good. Well, I think, you know, I, I watched uh, him start at the beginning because I really didn't put much stock into his ability to get elected. Uh, I just thought that, and I didn't watch The Apprentice, and I know Trump from his books because uh, it's a great book on negotiating, yeah. uh, The Art of the Deal, very good book. Uh, but I didn't really follow him on The Apprentice. It wasn't the type of show I watch. And I think what happened to him was Mobile, Alabama, you remember they were going to – he first started his uh, – when he's running in the primary, and they were going to have it in a small um, complex like maybe a gym. Too many people showed up. So they're going to have it someplace else, and too many people showed up. So they had it in this football stadium in Mobile where they play, I think, the uh, what North-South Bowl. I mean it doesn't get much play. Have I mean, you've been down in the uh, Mobile area. And the place is packed, and you got a bunch of people from Alabama and L.A., lower Alabama, Florida, Panhandle, Mississippi, coming to see this brash New Yorker. And I was watching that, and I watched his face as he was looking around. And I think at that moment in time, he went, I can win this. Not saying he didn't think he could win it, but it was one of those, you're watching it, I I think he had an out-of-body of experience going, wow, these people actually like me. I think that he... uh until they told him, you're president,
2: I don't think he thought he could win it. He thought it would be close, but I don't think he thought he could beat Hillary. And I'm thank- so thankful. And if, if you're a liberal out there and I upset you, you know, whatever, get a life. It's, it's, I didn't make the man president. The country did. You yeah. know, and uh, he has done a phenomenal job as president. He's done an incredible job. Well, he's coming to Virginia next Tuesday. Oh, that's
3: pretty cool. But is he coming here or is he going to Tidewater? He's going water? to
2: Jamestown, to the Jamestown Oh, that's right. The Dems going to show up. Well,
3: the governor of Virginia invites
2: the president of the uh-huh. United States. It's time for those little weasels to, to get past it. You know, I'm not going because the president's going to be there. Well, that just, you might as well just say, I'm a jackass and I want everyone to know it. Because so, he's the
3: president of the United States. It, But I'll go there with the governor, lieutenant governor, and the attorney general, given what is not just documented but provable about their behavior. Right. And, you know, Trump does a lot of innuendo, but right now there isn't really any proof on there. And it's all a bunch
2: of—I honestly believe with my heart it's bunk. None of that crap is true. If it was, you know, the Democrats would have been— impeached him a long time yeah. ago and they've got nothing to impeach him with. You know, for these Democrats to say, I'm not going, uh, members, members of the General Assembly, I'm not going because Trump's going to be there. Well, whoop-dee, stinking do! who are you to disrespect the president of the United States in that manner? You know, I would hope your constituents are smart enough to, to realize that's stupid for lack of a better term and vote you out of office next time and put somebody in there that's intelligent it's disrespectful president's coming to this state for a great
3: you know celebration at Jamestown 1619 yeah yeah it's a long time I you know th- thinking about his election uh, I remember I stayed up most of the night watching brexit because I had a feeling that Brexit was the first indication of a trend, because I, I'm big into contrarians. I, I do not like, if everybody agrees on something, I'm looking for the person that disagrees, because typically that's where the next issue is, is that first contrarian. And I, at that evening, I had went to a garage party you know, where I, down where I live in the fan, and I had told a number of people, it, it, this was the day after Brexit, 24th of June, Uh, of 19 uh, of 2016 and i told those people trump's going to win the election and they thought i was nuts they thought i was absolutely nuts and i said hillary doesn't have it baked in because number one this is a change election and she is in a tough spot because she's not the change politician she if she wants to win she has to have everybody that voted for president obama she had to have them all Right. So therefore, she had to run as his third term. And if Brexit is an indication of what is going on around the world, because we talked about it a little bit uh, yesterday on my show, you got a comedian elected to head up Italy, Salvini. A week ago, you got a comedian headed up running the Ukraine. Brexit, six weeks, when they had the election for the European Parliament, six weeks prior, Brexit Party didn't exist, and they became the number one party in all of Europe in the European Parliament. So something's up. Something's going on. And I think- Tells you they, need, they had a need over there. Well, there's a realignment of parties. I really think that one of the things that we're watching here and why, you know, whether the Republicans or Democrats, most people don't like President Trump. The Republicans are keeping their mouth shut now because it is dangerous to take him on. I think it, as a Democrat, it's dangerous not to take him on. And what they're not recognizing is if he wins in 2020, he wins next year, there's going to be a total realignment of the parties because that's what's going on. That's what's going to happen in England. If if Boris Johnson does not deliver Brexit by Halloween, uh, Nigel Farage might be the next prime minister of Great Britain. Wow. And how crazy is that, all that? I mean – in the conservative, the Tory party has been around since the early 1800s. It is the oldest political party in the world, and it could go away in November or December because if he fails to deliver, there will probably be a general election before the end of the year in England. And right now, you, you never can tell what's going to happen then, but if the vote was today, um, Nigel Farage could easily hold the, the most seats in Parliament. Right. So. That's amazing. It is. You know,
2: uh. Iran te- tested uh, an ICBM today. I think it just kind of flopped all around and and crashed in the ocean or something, but they're testing ICBMs. They've uh, promised death to Israel and to the United States. And who do you want in the White House? It, it, if yeah. something like that goes down, who do you want in the White House? Do you want someone from the party who gave them... Hundred fifty oh, billion in cash, cash. Yeah. You want someone that 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 promised that, or do you want someone that said, "Oh, hell no,
3: we're not doing that." That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think that you know if you look at Trump, he's actually pretty restrained. He is very restrained. I think, uh, you know, which he's, is a good thing. I, that's not a complaint from me. No,
2: but if uh, Iran keeps launching ICBMs, I think Trump would be the guy to
3: to. Stop! Oh, I think so. I think, he turned, I, I think he would turn Iran into a crater if he yeah. if it came to that. But I think also if anybody's going to negotiate a deal before war, it's going to be him. Uh, I, I just think he's got that bizarre mix of skills right. that he does brinksmanship on the one hand. If, again, if you read his book, this is part of the plan. He'll take you to the limit. And then negotiate a deal on the backside of that. So right. you think he's going to beat you up, or you know, in business, he's going to take the whole thing from you, or walk away, like he did with uh, the North Koreans when they met in uh, Vietnam. And what did he do when he, you know, he's, uh, uh said da da da, Trump said see ya, I'm out of here. Yeah, he did the same thing to the Chinese when the Chinese started reneging on the trade deal. What did he do? See you later. They got same up and they thing walked with out. Same Mexico. Yeah, and he gave him a couple of days. Or Five, 5% a month on
2: tariffs. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That, that would be, that would
3: crush them. So, one thing that uh, you and I were talking about on the break about uh, all of the uh, sightings was this issue of maybe a lot of this now is reverse engineered. That, I, I think so. I,
2: I really do think so. I think that we have... Uh, Some friends that are either very tall with four fingers or very short with big oval eyes and four fingers. I I, I think that we uh, secretly have friends. We have beings from another planet living here. I I, I really do think so. People would say, oh, you're nuts. You're crazy. Blah, blah, blah. You've been
3: watching too much of the uh, reruns of the X-Files. Well, Maybe so. Yeah, that, that's the comment you would typically get. Where did the idea for the X-Files come from?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: you know, My guess is, is that, you know, like any good drama like that, there is a lot of truth to it. So then you can add, you can embellish a little bit. So it can't be all false. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I, I really believe that we have reverse engineered. If, if there's really visitors from someplace else coming to Earth that we've been reverse engineering, uh, I think stealth technology, for example, Absolutely. is probably I think so something too. they picked up on. Because if you look at those uh, craft, you can't, they don't, if you didn't have a computer, you couldn't fly it. Right. Because they're so unstable. So they require fly-by-wire, they require basically artificial intelligence to fly it. And in fact, that's what took out the, the Boeing 737s is that uh, the Maxes? is they tried to build software because apparently the engineering on the plane was such that it had some inherent problems with stalling. So they built AI into there that didn't work, and that's what the two crashes were. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I think that's what it is. I, you know, that's yeah. what I read because, you know, aircraft stuff I pay attention to. And uh, when your dad, gr- when you grow up in an aircraft company, you pay a lot of attention. to right. That's things that get my attention. Have you ever seen a UFO? No, I'd love to, because I'd love I, to go. Okay, now I've seen one, but I've never seen one. I have. When I was uh, very small.
2: Coming home from the grocery store with my mother right at dusk, summertime. It's probably two minutes to nine, and uh, there's a light going across the sky. It just looks like an airplane, and it stopped, just like it hit a wall. I mean, it stopped that abruptly. And Mom said, did you see that? I said, yeah, I saw that. So we pulled over on the side of the house and sat and watched it for a while, and it didn't move. just stayed there. So we went inside. And got the brothers out, got dad out, and we're all out in the yard looking. We called mm-hmm. a radio station, and they were trying to see it. And uh, we're all standing there staring at this thing, and it went straight up so fast. It looked like a, just a white line in the sky, and it was gone.
3: Mm. There's
2: just too many people have seen stuff for it just to blow it off. I saw one that, that you know, you see these uh, videos of uh, people film of them flying in like a trying it. Triangular formation. Well, I saw that in Axet, and it was probably two in the morning, sitting out by a pool in a rental home. Um, I was sitting out there watching the kids because they were still playing in the pool, and uh, I looked up and I said, "Guys, look at that! Look at that!" And they all looked up, and it was a triangular formation with two F twenty two Raptors. They fly Raptors. our air guard in virginia used to fly f-16s they fly raptors now because they are the fastest fighter group to reach dc in case of oh, that the makes attack. sense that makes sense so we have a we have a squadron of raptors in the virginia air guard and uh, one of the family members is colonel with the air guard and he said I said what kind of planes are they he said they're raptors and they were right on the tail of this thing Oh, wow. And a helicopter came right over the roof of the house, heading in that direction. And Dad was so mad he didn't get to see it. But we sat out there all night long, waiting for it to return, but it never did. But co- it's just like the one that uh, they've got video of it from Tampa, Florida, from mm-hmm. from London, from Belgium.
3: The closest I came, I thought I saw one and it wasn't. Um, I'm on a a Coast Guard cutter. We're doing some oceanographic work. We're in the Gulf of Alaska. And it was a reasonably flat night. Typically, the water there is never flat. And it was totally overcast. And I'm out doing the weather because I've got to collect the weather and send it in every six hours. And all of a sudden, the clouds opened up and this beam of light came through. And I didn't realize it was the full moon. And I thought I saw a UFO because it was... Almost pitch black, and suddenly it was almost blinding light coming through. And it was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to see one!" And then, uh, "No, that's the moon."
0: I saw my light flash before my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: had to be uh, that had to be amazing. Kind of freaked yeah. me out a little bit. It did. I was kind of unsettled there for a little bit. It was like, <laughs> "How come I could get tricked like that?"
2: Right. Yeah, so anybody could. There's been so many sightings. There's been so many encounters. So many stories to read. And then Area 51, for so many years, the government said Area 51 doesn't, doesn't exist. Yes, it does.
3: Well, I, I lived in Vegas for a year. Um, and every morning there was a white, old-style 737, no markings. Okay, that's illegal. No markings that would be at McCarran. Be, it wouldn't be at the terminals, be off. A bunch of guys get in it, and they would take off and fly north to Ellis. And that's, of course, that's whole huge air force complex. And then every afternoon that plane would come back and discharge people. And that would be the end of it. And so you're thinking if they're going to that much trouble, you know, they got an airplane that's violating FAA rules because it's got no tail markings, no nothing on it. And you got to go, well, there's something going on out there. And of course, that was a nuclear test range uh, back in the day. If you were in Vegas in in the 50s, you could see mushroom clouds. In fact, they would announce it. People go out of the street and go, "Wow, they just shot off a bomb." That's a, that's how crazy we've we've come. I, mean, I don't think they got any fallout from it, right. but you know, they're all like, "Cool, we can see atomic bombs go off." I'm like, "No, leave, leave me out of that one." I think I'll <laughs> I think I'll pass on that experience. Well,
2: that uh, plane was probably over government space so fast from takeoff anyway. It probably didn't matter on the markings or so forth. Uh,
3: well. You don't know where it went because the federal government owns 83% of Nevada. Really? So you get north of Vegas, miles apart. Now, there's a highway going there, but you can't get off the highway in any direction. And if you do, um, somebody will find you pretty quickly. It's not like if you see a road, there's signs marked, it's restricted. And if you were to, like, say, take a Jeep or four-wheel drive down one of those roads, you wouldn't get a half a mile before you'd be surrounded. Wow. So – it's, it's it's a lot of land out there, and it could see, could conceal a lot. Yeah.
4: Sibling rivalry, brotherly love. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW.
2: You're listening to The Lee Brothers on AM 820 WNTW and FM 92.7, The Answer. Stay with us. We have uh, a lot more coming up in about... Three or four minutes, so don't go anywhere. The only two-headed talk show in Virginia, the Lee Brothers.
4: No opinion, no slant, just the facts. Yeah, right. The Lee Brothers on 820
0: WNTW. That I heard was about the man walking along the street at night, Moscow. Soviet soldier called to him to halt. He started to run the show. soldier shot him. And another man said, why did you do that? Well, he said, curfew. Well, he said, it isn't curfew yet. He said, I know. He's a friend of mine. I know where he lives. He couldn't have made it.
2: Boy, I miss Ronald Reagan. He's a truly great American and phenomenal president. You know, this is AMA 20, WNTW, and FM 92.7. Hi, I'm Richard Lee, and uh, Bill, the boss man, has graced us with his presence. Oh, man, you guys got no boss. While. Well, we respect you as our boss, and we appreciate you being here. We're glad you're here. Bill's doing some great things with the station. Um and it's go, it's just going to
3: get better and better and better. We're we're glad you're here. Well, uh, well thank we, you, Richard, and and we're committed to you guys. It, you're the you're the best show in Richmond. Oh, well, thank and you. And probably thank the, you. Probably the best show in Virginia. But I don't hear them all. But you know, I listen to everybody here as it's part of my job. This yeah. is the best show in Richmond. Well, thank you.
2: Thank you. We appreciate
3: that. And you're still here, and you will remain here. Thank as long you so as I'm much. Here. Well, we we love
2: it here. We have since we came here. We've been here three and a half years now. We've been on the air in Richmond at a little over 18. We've been here three and a half, and we truly,
3: truly love it here. So. Well, well, this will be your home for as long as you want to be here. Outstanding. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Bill. Thanks for j- being on Th- with me.
3: Thank you, Richard, and thanks for making me an honorary Lee Brother. So now my name is Bill Lee Eastman. Yeah. Well, you've been an honorary Lee Brother since the beginning. Well, I hopefully I was one and and I was just telling Richard and and when the, when Scott's in here is that I've been listening to him for 10 years. Saturday morning my ritual that. my ritual Saturday morning was make some coffee, put a little Kahlua or something nice in it to make it really good coffee <laughs> and turn on the radio and listen to the Lee Brothers. Yeah, that was appreciate that was my that. Saturday mornings.
2: We appreciate that.
3: So, I'm honored to work with you. So, thank you. Thank Thanks you for having me on. Thank you.
2: Coming up uh after our show, we'll, this morning will be uh, Bill's show. So, stay, stay tuned with us. This story: Some Virginia Democrats planning to attend Jamestown commemora- comm- commemoration. I'll get it out. Some Virginia Democrats planning to attend. Jamestown commemoration. I guess it's a positive way of saying then again, some Virginia Democrats aren't going near the Jamestown commemoration. And why do you suppose that is? The governor of Virginia invited the President of the United States to be part of this uh, Jamestown commemoration, the 400th anniversary commemoration on Tuesday. And the Democratic Party came out with this boycott by party leaders over the fact that the president of the United States had been invited. Unbelievable. While some Democrats still don't plan to attend, the party is clarifying it's not a party-wide boycott. (laughs) How do you have a boycott that's not party-wide? It's a boycott, but it only pertains to you three, not everyone. And some members, some Democratic members are not dumb as a fence post, and they're going. It's the birth of American democracy. And representatives freely debating in Virginia's House of Burgesses. But today, the debate among elected officials is over who will attend the event. Mayor Stoney resigns from the Jamestown committee citing Trump invitation. You're the mayor of Richmond, man. You know what are you what are you thinking? The president of the United States is going to keep the mayor of Richmond. That's ridiculous. I was very disappointed, House Speaker Kirk Cox said to news that Democratic leaders wouldn't attend. I think it's politicized such a great event for Virginia. It, exactly. And who who did this, the Democratic Party? I mean this this is should be near and dear to every everyone in the country, but especially people in Virginia. And you should remember these folks who are not going to this event because the president is coming. You know, I have an idea. Why don't we set up sandboxes with toys for them to play in, and then they could go to the event and they could just wear their beach wear and stay in the sandbox like little children do. <coughs> exactly. I didn't know the mayor was in the building. Stop tickling him, Mark. But that's what they should do, set up sandboxes with toys and make sure they wear appropriate appropriate clothing because they're going to get dirty, don't want to get in trouble with mommy. You know, they're, one thing they're really angered about is Trump's tweet. I'm going to read it real quick. It's... it's but that's just an excuse. That's a stinking excuse. The tweet says, I hate calling them tweets. What a dumb name. So interesting to see progressive Democratic or Democrat Congresswoman who originally came from countries whose governments are complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all. Now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how. Now, he, he could have worded it a little differently. <laughs> you know that was probably not very presidential but still you know leadership in the Virginia House and Senate Democratic caucus has released a statement Friday that said we will not be attending any part of the commemorative session where Donald Trump is in attendance the current president does not represent the values that we would celebrate at the 400th anniversary of the oldest Democratic body in the Western world. Really? We offered just three words of advice to the Jamestown-Yorktown Foundation. Send him back. This is silly. Now, how mature is that? They're, they're, they're so grown up, I swear, sandboxes for all don't put them down till that morning because if there's cats around there, well, you know what I'm saying. The current president does not represent the values that we would celebrate at the 400th anniversary of the oldest Democratic body in the West. Well, what values would you celebrate? What values? What are you trying to say here? You would... He doesn't represent the values of the, the, the greatest nation on earth. With freedoms, other nations just would die for. It's just pathetic. It's sickening and pathetic. You're listening to 820 WNTW and FM 92.7, The Answer with the Lee Brothers. Stay with us. We'll be back after these important messages.
4: No opinion. No slant. Just the facts. Yeah, right. The Lee Brothers on 820
2: WNTW.
0: In the Soviet Union, if you want to buy an automobile, there is a 10-year wait. And you go through a, quite a process when you're ready to buy, and then you put up the money in advance. So there was a young fella there that had finally made it, and he was going through all the bureaus and agencies that he had to go through and signing all the papers and finally got to that last agency where they put the stamp on it. And the man then that had made the final stamp of the paper, taking the money, said, all right, come back in 10 years and get delivery of your car. And he said, morning or afternoon. (laughs) And the fella. The fella said, well, 10 years from now, what difference does it make? He said, the plumber's coming in the morning.
2: You have to miss that man, Ronald Reagan. I saw a movie the other day starring Ronald Reagan. Which one was it? I'm trying to remember now. I knew you were going to ask me. It was a, Of course it was a Western. Um... I can't remember to save my life. Santa Fe Trail. That might have been it. I just saw it and clicked on it and watched it. I didn't get to watch all of it. I watched most of it. It's on uh is on Netflix.
1: Is it one where he's in the army or something?
2: Out west? No. Oh that's not that one. He's just a cowboy. He's Mr. Good Do Good Cowboy. And he's he's uh got a pretty girlfriend. It's a, it's It was a good movie. We just, I kept falling asleep there. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched
1: God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2. Have you ever seen those? I have not. Those are pretty neat.
2: I think they're on Netflix. I'll have to check them out this weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, in my opinion, the second
2: one is better. Really? Yeah. Usually the sequel is equal or not as good, but it's better, huh? Yep. I'm going to check them both out. <laughs> um, a, a, a photographer driving down the road captured a touching moment at a Chick-fil-A store in Madison, Alabama. Um, she pulled over and parked and watched and, and took a amazing photograph. There's an employee there... Um, that knows everybody. You know, if, if he doesn't know them before they leave the store on any given day, he's going to know you. He comes over and talks, and, you know, he's just an amazing guy. His name is Spay, or Spray. But anyway, he, uh, she watched him as he uh, talked to a lady who was, having a difficult day, a difficult time in her life. And uh, he put his hand on her shoulder and leaned over and closed his eyes and prayed for her. And uh, the young lady who took the picture, she took the picture as he started to pray, um, asked him why he did that. He does it a lot. And, and you know, he, he said, I love working here, that, This is a Christian-run operation, and uh, where could you work where you could stop and pray for someone and, uh, you know, you actually get a pat on the back for it? You won't get criticized or fired or, or, or anything else. They call him Mr. Steve, and he never fails to walk up to a table and ask how the day is going, always tries to make people's day better and always does every single time. And that's that's just Chick-fil-A. The same location, a um, young man was in, in the drive-thru, noticed a, a baby in the car um, choking. He literally went through the window into the car and saved that baby's life. Uh, it's, it's just who they are. I'm not saying a guy at McDonald's would let a baby choke to that. I'm just saying that these these Chick-fil-A folks are are good Christian people doing a job. And they're just wonderful to be around, wonderful to talk to. And they're doing God's work. That's one reason I love going to Chick-fil-A. I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday afternoon I've driven to a Chick-fil-A only to find it closed. And you can't get mad about that. You, you know, the, you, you just can't get angry that they're closed.
1: Did you see that chicken that was uh, moving around even though it was dead on someone's plate?
2: Yeah. What? Where, where was that? That... There's, there's a video out there. You have to find it if you haven't seen it. There's a piece of chicken that it looks. That's the girl who was supposed to. This chicken's raw, by the way. Whatever restaurant this is, don't go there. I can guarantee you it's not a Chick fil A. You know, it's probably not even in the United States. But anyway, that, this thing on her plate, I'm not kidding. Literally gets up, looks like a very small chicken with a little tiny head, and it crawls off the plate.
1: It's, it's dead. It's, it's been chopped yeah. up.
2: It's raw chicken, it's raw meat. It crawls off the plate, crawls off the table, and falls in the floor. Where, That's pretty creepy. Where did that sound? I mean, not sound effects. Where did, where did you find that video? Is it on YouTube? Is uh, it? I found it on michaelsavage.com. <laughs> <laughs> it figures. <laughs> I, I like Savage. He's, he's a little intense, but he's funny. It's so creepy, this video. Yes, this chicken will freak you out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you you just look at the plate, and all of a sudden this thing kind of gets up, you're like, what in the world? I looked close to see if it had, like, threads on it. There's no threads on this chicken. It just does not want to be eaten. Crawls off the plate. It's it's not a huge piece of chicken. Well, it's, it's been chopped
1: up so much.
2: Yeah, and it does look like a chicken. I don't know how in the world it managed to crawl off that plate and then dive onto the floor. You know, I wish they had videoed more to see if it ran away when it hit the floor. <laughs> the thing might still be alive and out there somewhere. It could happen. <laughs>
1: uh, you it should be aliens. It.
2: Could be possessed by stinking aliens. <laughs> you don't know. Would you
1: like to have an interview with that
2: chicken? Yes, I would. <laughs> I'd love to have a talk with him. <laughs> but I would want him to be on the other side of the glass. <laughs> So if you don't mind holding him up, I'll talk to him through the glass. (laughs) That's cool. uh, That thing, that's uh, a possessed piece of chicken. (laughs) You know, chickens, people cut their heads off and they run around the yard for a while then they fall over. I know that sounds disgusting, but I guess chickens still run around after their heads are cut off. They did when I was a little kid, little children, I would go see uh, Aunt Margaret up in Lynchburg, and she'd say, oh, I've got company. She'd go out back and snap a neck on a chicken, like I'm going to eat it neck now.
1: Can you hold on one second? I'm uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) She'd go out there and crack that chicken's neck and then say, and when it quits running around, bring it in the house, sonny. Man, I'm like three years old. I'm not dragging that chicken in the house. Especially after it ran around for Lord knows how long. She was like a chicken ninja. It was like she was a chicken whisperer or something. She'd call him over, grab him by the neck, and snap that bad boy. bye
4: Exactly.
2: <laughs> wow, that sounded like her. Bye-bye! <laughs> Maybe she had that that little evilness, the evil laugh to her, but she was a sweetheart. She was one of the, she was an amazing lady in her upper 90s. She'd grab that chicken and take him on like, like Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. I don't know which one she would be, but the chicken never won. Snapped it. Snap that neck, and uh, off he go. You're listening to AM 820 WNTW and FM 92.7. Uh, the Lee Brothers, and we'll be back after these important messages.
4: James Madison and George Washington would be so proud. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW.
2: Antifa, is it a terrorist organization? Go to WNTWtheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers and go to our page and find out. All of our shows are archived there, so you can listen back until the beginning of time, if you prefer. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Scott's out. He'll be back next week, I guess. I'm sure. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Have some fun out there. Today's going to be a beautiful day. And it, supposedly the, uh, the humidity is going to be gone today, so that will be fun. It'll be nice. See you next Friday right here on 820 WNTW, The Answer, and FM 92.7. And in the meantime, have a blessed week. The power of this speaker is awesome.
0: documented proof with footnotes that millard feigenbaum was the first president of the united states how about that
4: you block
0: it get out of here and don't come back Every policy is scientific
2: money. Well, I we actually had a, a plan to create a full
0: bike scholarship for leftists and would send <laughs> them to the country of their choice, but one way. <laughs> My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands, all in all, not bad, not bad at all. And so bye. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. <laughs>